Well, amen, amen. Good morning, everyone. I usually like to say if you're here for the very first time, I'm Ricky Oyala, the senior pastor of this congregation, and I welcome all of you. Uh, today, we continue on with our sermon series that is titled Marriage on the Rock. In fact, and today is our third week in it. Um, and I will try not to be too extensive in my sermon, but I'll make sure that you get home by halftime today, all right? <laughs> Just want to make sure you knew, all right? And so, <laughs> so it's actually by, um, backed by popular demand. We, uh, we did this last year uh, and really helped out relationships where people were uh, sending me messages uh, saying, you got to do it again ne- next year. And so uh, 73 uh, suggestions came in around uh, December to see, hey, can you preach on this? Can you preach on that? And we realized that there is a big need when it deals with relationships in our church, because we all go through different types of relationships. We've seen ones that work and others that uh, didn't work out and others that continue in the midst of adversity, continue to be together because they make sure that the vows that they made in the very beginning of their relationships and especially marriage, uh, that they're going to be sticking through it. And so we realized that it talks about marriage on the rock, but it really, this whole series can really help out any relationships, uh, not only for those who are married. Uh, those who have been married, I pray that it, it, this series helps out those who are uh, recently engaged or uh, engaged to get married. Hopefully it helps you out. And so I want to share with you, to, uh, two weeks ago, I began this series and I talked about, again, uh, relationships, but in the sense of the, parent, the relationship between parents and children. And what I share with you is that it is important that as parents that we don't put all of our attention, even though the kids do need our attention, make sure that you do not dismiss the relationship that you have with your husband or with your wife. And then at the end of that uh, sermon, I mentioned I encourage you to please, you know, schedule a date night. And it's, it was cool to be able to see uh, several people post in their social media a date night, date night. And I was like, oh, my sermon really helped out. Uh, That's what I was thinking anyway, but you know, uh, <laughs> but it, it was great to see people saying uh, date night. And one of them, I remember saying, uh, we haven't had a date night in so long after having kids. So that means a lot. Make sure you continue to nourish that relationship with your spouse to know that, hey, uh, the, the kids are important, but our relationship is also important because after the kids are out of the house or have moved on, we don't want to have a stranger next to us. Right? With that, and, and so when we do that, we nourish our relationships so that way, whether the kids are there or not, you continue to uh, care for each other. And then last week, I want to say uh, thank you to Cole Seaman, who was able to uh, bring the message and dealt with communications. Communication is a big part in relationships, no matter if you're married or not. And he spoke about the tongue, the way that it can build people up, but also it can tear people down. If you missed any of the two sermons, uh, it is on demand by going to our YouTube, not our YouTube, you go to youtube.com, and you can search New Hanover United Methodist Church, and you'll be able to see those messages that I pray that you will be blessed by them. Today, I want to bring about a message of importance in our relationships. And even though you'd be like, oh, that's a given. If it was a given, why aren't all the relationships working out? And that topic is on love. All right, to to love like a rock, to be sturdy, to be strengthened, to know that anything that comes your way that you're going to uh, uh, get through this. 
In fact, when you are going to get married, usually the traditional vows, when you're looking at each other and the vows say, you know, I, you know, you say your name, uh, take you, whoever you're, you're marrying, uh, to have and to hold uh, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, and the list can go on and on. And one of them says, you know, to love and to cherish until death do us part. That's a vow. That's a covenant that you are looking at the individual. And when I'm officiating, I make them look at each other eye to eye, make sure that they're not only saying it, but they're looking at individual and saying, this is my vow to you. This is my covenant with you. And it is so important because we know that in relationships, it is, it, uh, love is so much needed, but we take it for granted at times. There are relationships that take love for granted that they, uh, they, they misuse or, or abuse the, uh, the other individual because it says, well, that's the way I show my love or that's the way I have seen others show their love, so I'm going to do that way. And we know that relationships be very impactful. It can be something that love can be something that can be used uh, to, again, to edify, to, to build up. But we've also seen that when people mistaken, uh, mistake love for something else and it causes a separation, causes divorce, of course, it, 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 so many things can happen when you don't have love in your relationship. Now, love is not only about just saying, hey, I love you, all right? A, a love it can go and into many other areas. Love we know that in relationships, we need forgiveness in love. Why? Because we know that we are not uh, uh, perfect. We know that we mess up. And so, therefore, when we uh, do mess up, we have to go and confront, not confront, but say, I, I-, I messed up, and, and-, and I'm sorry, and, and I-, I said it this way, and, I- and, it- and it came out wrong. I was dealing with uh, something at work, and, and I-, I took it out on you. I'm so sorry. And, and so, love is also deals with forgiveness. And so what do we do with love? In relationships, I'm going to ask you to please open up your Bible to uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13. Chapter 13, I'm going to begin on verse 4. I'm reading from the, I'm going to, I'll be reading from the NIV version. And while you're looking for that on your devices or on your Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. In fact, this is one of the passages that um, is normally asked for when I'm going to officiate weddings. And, and 1 Corinthians talks about love, but in reality, the context of this passage deals with the Apostle Paul uh, writing to the church of Corinth, and, it, and, and in the middle of when he's speaking about spiritual gifts in chapter uh, 12 and, and chapter 14, he's speaking about the spiritual gifts, right? And, and in the midst of that, in between that, he talks about love. Because if, we, if we're trying to seek the spiritual gifts, if we're trying to seek God, if we're trying to do, you, you, you need love. And so out of this, we got verse 4. I'm going to read through a, a verse 8, and then I'll share more information. If you have found it, please uh, let me know by saying Amen. Amen. So this is NIV version, verse 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects always trusts and always hopes, always perseveres, love never fails. That's the Word of God. I'm going to stop there. When we speak about love, the Bible is saying us what love is 
and what love is not. Now we think about, you know, uh, what love is. Love is patient and love is kind. It starts off in that verse 4. When I think about patient, I think about that it's not, that it, it's not a, a, a sprint, but it is a marathon when dealing with a, 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 you're working on, on jogging or running and things. It's a, it's a marathon, being patient with the person. When any time I read this passage, I think about being a patient to a medical uh, a person, a, a doctor and stuff. So when you go to your doctor, it is to uh, check up on you, see how you're doing. The doctor's going to say, how are you feeling? And if you're not feeling, oh, you know, I, I'm aching or I, I feel this way or I'm coughing or I'm congested or whatever. So the doctor tries to go and say, okay, this is what I want you to do. But you communicated your hurt with that doctor. How about how many of us in our relationships speaks to our husbands or our wives and, less than, and let them know what we're hurting about? Sometimes it, you know, we don't do that. We think, oh, you know what, let us be more stronger than the individual, and the individual or my partner, and I'm not going to share anything with them, and so uh, we'll can just continue on. But if you look at the way of the, of, of, uh, and the analogy of being patient, what do you do when you end up in the hospital? I know I've ended up there. You were in the bed, uh, and, and you got doctors, you got nurses that come to you and say, how are you doing today? How are you feeling? And how about this question? On a scale of 1 to 10, oh, so you've been there. You've been there. You know, tell me about how much does it really hurt or, or, or the pain. And, and so you tell them. And so what they try to do is be able to bring that pain level down to zero or nil. And so, but you have to let them know. But how many of our relationships, ladies and gentlemen, whether it's in church or, or not in church, we don't even tell or even ask the, our, our husbands, our wives, say, where are we? What, what's your pain level like? You don't have to say it that way, but it says, are you hurting? And for, when you ask that question, you be ready for a response. And then when you, re, and when you get the response, how are you going to provide a sense of, of, a, of a remedy to help them to close out that, that pain and the hurt in their relationships? And not just say, can you imagine if you told that to your doctor or your nurse and say, I'm at a nine right now. I am hurting. Oh, okay, well, drink some water and you, you know, just... For, I think that the, the doctor could say, I appreciate, you know what, this is what we're going to give you. This is what we're going to work on. You know, this is what we're going to work on. And so why can't we do that in our relationships when someone says, look, I am hurting. Can you, can you just sit here for a moment and hear what I'm going through? Hear the, what, what's hurting me? And so when, when you have that, when you have the opportunity that, that someone can sit down and listen to, listen to the hurt and the pain, then if anything, you can then start to uh, like a plan of, of attack of making sure that, when, and I'm not attacking in a negative way, uh, a plan of attack to lessen the, the pain and the hurt. And sometimes what we have to do is says, I'm so sorry that you're going through that. It even hurts more when we have to acknowledge that we're the ones that cause the pain to that individual who's feeling that pain. So that love is patient. It, 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 it takes a while. And, and one of the prayers that I, I do, and, and this may surprise you or not, but I ask God, God, continue, uh, uh, allow me for me to continue to love my wife. You'd be like, well, Pastor Rick, that's a weird request. Well, yes, I, even, I felt silly even asking that to God years ago. 
But you know what? If there's so many things out there, there's so much distractions out there that it can, it can actually create a void in your relationship and, and you all of a sudden you start loving other things or even like loving other people because you, you, you're not paying attention or caring and nourishing the love that you're supposed to have when you stood in front eye to eye and you told them to love, to cherish, richer, for poor, and the list can go on and on. But here's the part, because when you say, well, well what is love? Uh, the Bible is saying that, that love is patient and love is kind. And, and when you think about the moment when you fell in love with the individual that you've been with, can you tell me, well, don't tell me though, but can you think about what caused you to love that person? People say that love is, is blind. Not in a negative way, but, but the, so the, the love that transcends the color of the skin. doesn't matter if the, if the, the language or the dialect of the person that's speaking it. The, the, the love go, be, goes beyond that. It doesn't matter about the physical on part. Someone can be tall or someone can be short. Someone can be skinny and someone can be round. And then uh, if you're like me, you're wavy. I'm talking about the curves, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, amen. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm being real. I'm being real. And so, what, but, but love does that. And then so when you're, when you're making that covenant with the individual and saying, look, I'm going to love you, no matter whether we're rich or we're poor. Sometimes people love because someone has money. All right? Oh, I love you. Why? Because it seems like there's no stress, there's no worry there because anything that you ask for, it's given to you. So, but what happens when that person loses their job? What happens when their medical condition all of a sudden now realizes, whoa, whoa, there's a shock factor here. Now, then you, did, you really, did you really love that person? Or was it based on circumstances? Was it based on situations, the material things? Was it because they were financially stable? Was it because of the position that they had in the job? And all of a sudden, they no longer have it. And then you start having these issues of saying, I don't, I don't think I love you anymore. Well, was love really there from the very beginning? Again, or was it based on the circumstance? Was it based on the finances? Was it based on the attention they gave you? And now that attention is, seems like it's no longer there. And so we got to be careful. So my, one of my prayers is, God, I, I ask that you continue to allow me to love my life. And part of that is because love is patient. It, it, is, it, it rides out. I remember when we first got married, the very first six months, I mean, they were all good. You know what I mean? Like, it's awesome. It's like the, what they call the honeymoon phase. Some of you may be like, you lasted six months? <laughs> six months, you know, to a year, and, and it just wasn't the same. It didn't feel the same because I was all, you know, lovey-dovey, you know, with her. I, I love this girl, you know. And, and then when the moment that she, I turned around and I, and, uh, when, uh, at the cemetery, uh, not the cemetery, no, the cemetery. Oh, man. <laughs> the ceremony. <laughs> I 
Man, I forgot what I was going to say, but it's all right. When I saw her at the ceremony, I was like, oh, man. I, you know, how am I so lucky to be with this woman right here? That's how I felt like. It was like the, the, the love was so much. And then, but love is patient. It, it, it goes beyond just that very moment because the, the, the wedding ceremony is just for you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes of that. But marriage is a lifetime. Marriage is supposed to be patience. That's where love comes in because it lasts. It's supposed to last longer. But we know that there are times that be like, oh, it just didn't work out. And, and Pastor Ricky, you're talking about love, but uh, I've been married more than once, so I, I was married once, and nope, not, not anymore. Or you're probably saying, well, uh, uh, Pastor Ricky, I don't know why, but people that, that uh, uh, come to me and, and we talk, do relationships, it seems like I just get the, the, the issues or the problems, and we never work out. Why? And I don't understand why. Well, the Scripture is saying here that there, there's probably a, a few reasons is it because you have a record of past wrongs and you keep on reminding that individual of what wrong they did in the past? So anytime you want to move forward and you, and you feel like, okay, we're, we're, we're getting traction again, we're doing a lot better, oh, well, you did this to me before. And you're holding a record of wrongs or what they call the archaeological digs that, that okay, I'll, 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 I'll put this in here. I won't mention it, but I'll put it in here when the time comes that I'll need it. And so you're, are you setting up your, your relationship in a positive manner with love, knowing that, man, it's like, we shouldn't be doing that. So maybe it's a, poss- it's a possibility you're holding on to uh, past wrongs. Or maybe you're, you're self-seeking, what's in it for me? Now, I'm not speaking about those individuals that as a, as a couple, they say, you know what, I'm going to be going to school I'm gonna, or, or training. I'm going to be out for a bit, but it's because I want us to not worry about finances. So for the next you know, a couple years, I'm going to be dedicating my time in this study. And then for the other person to say, you know what, I, I so appreciate you doing that. How can I come alongside of you to support you, to help you? Is it that when you get out of school and you're having all these classes, you, would you like like a, a, a meal at the table, and you'll have a, a short discussion because then you go into your, your study and, and, you, and you continue doing your work uh, for, for the classes. There's communication. There's love there because at the end of the day, when you, after that person gets their degree, their intentions were, we're going to do this together. We're going to live better together, and we don't have, we, I don't want us to worry about the finances. And, and so this is what I want to do, but it, it's not self-seeking. You're thinking about the other individual. And so what happens? When we, can, can it be those moments that we're like, okay, what does my, lo- my love life look like in my relationships? Let me see what time it is, sorry. It's almost 10 o'clock, goodness. All right. But let me, let me just share a few things here before I close out. Is it possible, if you're like me, I love music. And there are various uh, genres. And I, I, I can't think of all of the genres, but I could probably say that every musical genre has at least one song that deals with love. And so when I was growing up, you may, I'm, can I get your participation a moment? Okay. So even if you don't like it, I'm going to say yes. You, 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 all right. When I point to you, not as an individual, but as a congregation, even those of you who are watching online, you can join along too. I'm going to need you to spell out 
love, when I, uh, each letter, one at a time, when, when I point to you. And maybe you'll remember what this song was all about. So you, you're ready for the, what's the first letter? Yeah. It's for the way you look at me. Oh. It's for the only one I see. Is very, very extraordinary. Is even more than anyone that you adore. Oh, anyway, I, I, I'm, I'm not. That, I, no, it's, uh, I appreciate that. Thank you, but thank you for your participation. But you probably be like, Pastor, that's not my love language. That, that's not my love song. I'm more. By the way, that was more of a Nat King Cole. I love Nat King Cole, and my song is more like a Tina Turner, right? What's love got to do with it? <laughs> What's love but a secondhand emotion? And then it says, uh, who needs a heart when a heart can be broken? So that's why some people live that way. So I'm not going to love because I've loved. I've tried to love. My, my, I give all my heart, and, and when I give my heart, it's broken. And there are people who are feeling that way in our church. Those of you who are watching and feeling that way, I've been hurt. So you give up on love. You give up on finding someone that can come to you and, 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 and be with you and to do things together and love each other, no matter, again, regarding their physical being or, or even their, the finances is, here I am, I want to love you, I want to grow old with you, I want to face whatever comes our way together. And you know what? There are people here in our congregation that have many years, more than I have, in their marriages. Why not ask and say, how long you guys been married? I remember one time when I was in the Morton Steakhouse in King of Prussia, I was, I think, celebrating, I don't know, my 20th year. And then there was another couple that was sitting a, a few doors, a few, uh, few tables down. And... Uh, the, I heard the waitress say, congratulations, congratulations. And when I went over, I figured, you know, there was two, there was an older couple, and 52 years married. And I said, how do you do it? I was 20 years. And I remember the person said, adjust. You just adjust. Whatever will work out in your relationship, just because it works for one person doesn't mean it has to work for another. But don't build, don't, don't continue with your relationship without the importance of love in your life. You'll need it. Why? To be patient, to be kind, not envy, love uh, uh, protects. Protect your family. Love perseveres. Love never fails. And so in your, my prayers in your relationships, as you ask God, if you, never, if you think like, I'm, I'm just going to church and never really thought about asking God to be a part of our relationship, that's what my prayer is. Because if you have God in your relationship, at least you have an exa a great example of what love is that he gave. He sacrificially gave his son, our Lord and Savior, for you and for me. And times, can we look at our partner and our wife and our husband and say, you know what, I would die for you. Or... Would you say, hmm, I'm not there? Remember, love is patient. Don't rush it. Build on it. And I pray that Christ will be with you along the way, even especially when it's the times of celebration. 
but also the times of struggle because I'm going to tell you right now, if you came to church thinking that the, the, the Christian families have it all together, I've said before, no. We need more help than anything. Let's pray. God, we come before your presence and ask that you bless our relationships, bless our marriages, bless those who are engaged in getting ready to get married. And we pray for also those who are, are widowed, O Lord, and they remember the love that they had with their spouse. I remember this morning at the eight o'clock, someone came to me and said how much this message reminded them of their loved one that her husband had passed away 11 years ago and every day she remembers him. At the table or even while watching a program. God, we know that relationships is not an easy thing to just take for granted, but it is something that we have to work on and it's so needed in our marriages. But we pray, God, that you will help us because you are a great example about love because, God, you are love. We ask in the sweet name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, before I finish out today and, and the song is done, uh, I do want to let you know that this... Uh, if you're in need of prayer, whether you have your, your loved one next to you and you want prayer over you, our lay pastors, Stephen ministers, will be up in, in the front ready to pray with you and for you uh, at the end of the service. But also, I do want to let you know that we have uh, uh, the spiritual growth campaign starts uh, for Lenten season. In fact, if you, don't, if you don't have a life group, I encourage you to sign up for the one I'll, I'll be leading here in our sanctuary on Wednesday nights. Uh, we start on February 15th. We're going to be here as a welcome session just to make sure everybody got what they have, books and stuff. We will be then coming together for Ash Wednesday, uh, the 22nd. It will be a regular service. And then we start our first class on March 1st. So make sure, you know, if you don't have a life group, I'd love to be, uh, for you to be here. We'll start off in a large life group and then a large setting, and then we'll break out into small groups on those evenings. It starts at 7 o'clock. So uh, sign up on our Church Center app, and I'd love for, for you to be a part of this. Uh, may God continue to lead you, to guide you, to bless you, to make you feel the love that only He can provide, and because you can't give something you don't have. So make sure that God just blesses you with his love and that you feel his love so that way when you as you have it you can share it with others until we see each other again may god's holy spirit lead you and guide you and god's people will all say amen i'm going to ask you to please stand as we close out today's service